Am I up? There we go. There we go. Well, good morning. Um, before we start, I didn't ask Shane, but oh well. I want to plug a book that he gifted me, and it's called Brought This Far, The Unseen Providence and Unique Experiences in My Missionary Life, and it's by Sharon Lee Meisenheimer. And the Meisenheimers were upper echelon <laughs> in my book, uh, especially at Bureau Township Church, where Jane comes from, and in the missionary church, which is our background. Uh, I will tell you, this book is a page turner, and when you think life is rough, and you read something like this, and the way God works through ordinary, average people, you will see life in a new light. So I plug this now. Can they get this through a, a bookseller, just like Amazon or Barnes Noble? Yeah. So check, just pull it up online. And I will tell you, it is worth the money. Plus, you'll be helping out Sharon, too. We kind of have a roundabout connection with Les Meisenheimer, who was her husband, who has gone to be with the Lord now. When uh, Shane become a, became a pastor, that's the guy we called for a reference was Les Meisenheimer, and uh, good man. You know, he's one of those stern guys, but you, know, you really respected him, but yet he had a heart of gold and was a, was a giggler when you get him going, you know, and I like people like that. So a plug for that. Uh, today, as a, I'm going to put a disclaimer on this because this is not your average sermon. Matter of fact, I've never heard anything like this ever from a pulpit, okay? And it has to do with uh, exposing the works of darkness and spiritual warfare. Um, so you're going to hear some things today that just aren't talked about. There's reasons that they're not talked about. And uh, probably the only person that knows them is one. He's sitting right there. And that's it. We don't usually discuss things like this. But... The Lord was prodding me that this is what you're going to talk about. So I'm going to talk about it, whether I want to or not. There are warnings in the scriptures about uh, dabbling in the occult and things of this nature. Uh, Ephesians 5.11. Today I'm going to be quoting out of the, it's the NIV, the black Bibles that are right in front of you. So if you got a red one, the wording is going to be a little different, but it's the same. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. And that's what I'm going to do today. I'm going to expose them on a bunch of different levels. Okay. Uh, C.S. Lewis, you're familiar with him? Chronicles of Narnia? I do not read fiction. So I've never read Chronicles of Narnia. I just, I'm not interested in fiction, except for one. C.S. Lewis book called The Screw Tape Letters. And it's about a demon who's a higher rank who's trying to bring up a lower level demon and train him in the ways of demony, demonology, I don't know. But uh, so he's giving him advice, and this is a piece of advice that he gives him, written from a Christian perspective, right? It's funny how mortals always picture us as putting things into their minds. In reality, our best work is done by keeping things out. 
true. True. The devil wants you ignorant. He wants you not realizing, not knowing just how real he really is. He can't have an effect on my life, right? That's the way he goes. Uh, occult stuff just is run rampant in our society now. Coincidence that the world's going to hell in a handbasket? You think so? The travel channel, right? Might as well be called the ghost channel, right? The history channel that I used to love might as well be called the alien channel, right? It's all around us. You go to, we went to Gettysburg, right? Any historical place, what do you see? Ghost tours, right? Springfield, land of Lincoln, ghost tours. Really? We go there and I'm a history guy, right? I like that. And I picked a hotel that was as close to the spot where Lincoln gave the Gettysburg Address as I could. I know, crazy. But I did. And so we're there, and it backed up to the cemetery. So you've got our room, right? And then it backs up to the cemetery that was well lit. So at night, it was just like daytime out there with all the tombstones and all that. So we're sharing a room. It's my, my wife, my daughter, Jaria, in one bed, and me and my son, Adam, in another bed. And this is a story Adam tells right, in the morning. He goes, I was terrified last night. I go, why? He goes, he goes, I woke up in the middle of the night and I couldn't sleep. He goes, and I'm looking out at the cemetery and all of a sudden I see this figure rise up. He goes, and it turned and it slowly moved towards me. He goes, I'm looking, I'm looking, came closer, closer. It was just mom. She was getting up to go to the bathroom. <laughs> There's a danger in talking about this stuff because it can put you in a perpetual state of, <laughs> right, if you're not grounded in reality. So, a warning to you, all right? Hang with me till the end because this should not be scary to you at all. Although at times, life can be pretty scary, you know, and it was for us at times. Uh, communicating with the dead and predicting the future seems to be in vogue now. Uh, what's wrong with that? It's harmless fun, is it? Everything's wrong with it. Uh, in Deuteronomy 18, verses 9 through 13, it gives us some direct warnings about being involved with this. Starting verse 9. When you enter the land the Lord your God is giving you, do not learn to imitate the detestable ways of the nations there. Detestable ways. Let no one can be found among you who sacrifices his son or daughter in the fire, who practices divination, fortune-telling, or sorcery, interprets omens, engages in witchcraft or casts spells or who is a medium or a spiritist or who consults the dead. Anyone who does these things is detestable to the Lord. Here's the word again, detestable. And because of these detestable practices, the Lord your God will drive out those nations before you. You must be blameless before the Lord your God. So 
some of the things that these other nations, now you're talking ancient peoples now, divination, witchcraft, sorcery, right? Um, divination, what are some forms of divination? Tarot, tarot readings, it's witchcraft. Palm reading, astrology, horoscopes, those little fun things in the paper, yeah. Uh, Ouija boards, that all falls under divination. Witchcraft, spells, curses, charming, I guess, could be in that too. Uh, and sorcery is uh, drugs, hypnosis, anything that takes you out of your sobriety, right, is a form of sorcery. So you're looking at somebody, I've committed that sin many times in my life, right, and have uh, renounced that. When you're involved in these things, here's what you are saying. And this is what the Lord hears loud and clear. I will not trust my life to you. It's all fun and games, but that's what we're doing. We're separating ourselves from God knowingly, right? I will not, tr not trust my life to you. Um, some other quotes by some famous people that say the same thing. Uh, Anton LaVey, the founder of the Church of Satan, says, Say unto thine own self, I am my own redeemer. Right? I'll do things my way. Right? Which is what Frank Sinatra said. I did it my way. Right? That just is satanic. Think about it. A guy named Aleister Crowley who was known as the world's greatest witch, the most evil man who ever lived, and changed his name to the beast 666. Do what thou wilt shall be the whole of the law. Do what you want. Do your own thing. People, you don't have to drink blood out of a skull to go to hell. Do your own thing. Do it your way. You'll get there. That's the hard, that's the hard truth that Shane was talking about. Sometimes the truth hurts. Well, that's what this whole... The whole book it talks about. It's what the whole Bible talks about. It's warnings. you got to do things my way. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. There is no other name under heaven given by which men can be saved. Right? Jesus is the only way. Anything that takes you away from that is of the enemy. Think about that. Um... If you get involved in those things, or even doing your own thing and living life your own way, it can lead to a life of depravity. So if we go to the New Testament, people, you ought to be taking notes if you don't have a pen in your hand and look these things up. I can't do it for you. There's another hard teaching, right? People say this all the time. goes, do you remember what the, the sermon was two weeks ago? No. <laughs> Why don't? Because I don't have a reference, right? I don't have it. Oh, yeah, if you write something down. Oh, yeah, yeah, I got it. It comes back to you. Uh, Galatians 5, 19 through 21. The acts of the sinful nature are obvious. You know what? Back up. Let's go to get some context. Verse 16. And the, and the pericope, that little... The funny writing at the top, that's called a pericope. I learned that from Shane, who learned it from Bill Allison. 
It just goes down. So I say, live by the Spirit, and now you know it. Live by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. For the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the sinful nature. They are in conflict with each other so that you do not do what you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. That means you're not judged by the law that says if you do these certain things, you cannot have fellowship with the Lord, right? That's what the law is. It's either you do it or you don't, right? Now we live under the age of grace, and we have unearned favor, and we still can suffer dire consequences for being involved in these. Would a Christian do that? People, I know them that have done it, and you're going to hear some instances of this too, stuff you just you don't hear, right? The acts of the sinful nature are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, and debauchery, idolatry, and witchcraft. There's that word again. Hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. Okay? Who's he talking to? He's talking to non-believers? Mm-mm. He's talking to the believers, the Galatians, right? The church. So he's warning them, do not be involved in these things, because if you do, it's going to show up in your life, and this is what it looks like, right? But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the sinful nature with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking and envying each other. Right? We, we are all going to answer to the Lord ourselves. Doesn't matter what Jesse does. Right? Doesn't matter what Jill does. Compared to Hitler, I'm great. Right? Well, you, God done great on a curve. You're going to stand before the Lord on your own merit and what you have done. What have you done with the life I've given you? We're all going to stand before the Lord and give an account for what we have done in this life. So now you've got the enemy that comes in, right? From the very beginning, right? With Adam and Eve and tries to deceive. It's always been Satan's gimmick. The big thing is is to snare the minds of man. Because if I can get your mind, I can get you. Right? I can get you. And that's what he does. Now, some, some obvious things. Psychics, right? Uh, if you've ever been to a psychic, you need to renounce that. and You, never, you need to never do that again. <laughs> right? Most psychics are phony baloney. As many of you know, I have a relative who was a very famous psychic. She was very famous locally. She was very famous nationally. The psychic to the stars, right? And all of that. Well, let me tell you something. I'm going to tell you her trick. Uh, do I believe she could ever predict the future? No, I don't. Then how in the world did she get all these people to believe she could? Here's how she did it. 
it's the cold read. It's called a cold read. And I don't, I don't know if you've ever heard of this. Most people haven't. But there are four basic temperaments that we all fall into. Uh, the, the sanguine, the choleric, the melancholy, and the phlegmatic, right? Um, sanguine, right? The life of the party, right? They are, they jump right in there and they volunteer for everything. Dude, you don't even know what it is. I don't care. I'm in. That's the sanguine, right? What's your pastor? <laughs> he's, he's a sanguine, right? We're all a mixture of these, by the way. I've, very rarely do you see somebody that's all one, although I can name a couple, and you'll say, oh, yeah, I can see it, right? Then there's the choleric. They're the boss. They take charge. They're organizers. He married one, right? <laughs> I did, too. I did, too. Because opposites... Attract. Whatever I'm not, she is. Whatever Shane isn't, Brandy is. The two will become one flesh. That's why. Okay? Then you've got the melancholy. That's me. They're creative, but they're hesitant. Right? Because he looms a melancholy. Right? She's a natural born melancholy. And she's creative, you know? And she's goofy and silly like me. Right? So I get it. Right? The phlegmatic. They're very stoic, and they're very quiet. Josh Jenke. Logan Jenke, got it from Dad. They're quiet, right? So you got those four temperaments. So you're going to a famous psychic, and you're going to stick out your hand to have your palm read. They don't care about your palm. Those lines don't mean nothing. You know what does mean something? They can look out in a crowd and say, I need a volunteer. There's your sanguine. I'll pick you. You know why? Because you're the one that says, Oh, I can't wait to hear what you're going to say. I can't wait to hear what you're going to say. And they're going to put their, stick their hand out, right? And they're going to, Oh, that's interesting. That's interesting. And then you'll have self-fulfilling prophecies, which is great. Why? Because the sanguine will tell everybody. They'll tell everybody. Oh, this is great. She said twins. You're not expecting. No, no, no. I got a car. And my cousin got a car and parked right next to it. It's the exact same car. Twins. They tell everybody, she's great. You got to go to her. Right? Which is what happened with her. I don't know if you remember this, but back in the day, there was a kid that was lost, and she said, well, they're going to find him in, in, the, in the river. And she told him exactly where the boy was found. No, she didn't. No, she didn't. There's a book out there called Powers by Danny Corum who goes through all this and shows out the evidence. She missed on a ton of stuff. But you know what happened? The newspapers got it. The Journal Star got it. And they didn't write all the times she missed. They only wrote the times she got it right. Next thing you know, UPI gets it. It's all over the country. And I am famous, right? Because the media controls the narrative. People, the media controls the narrative. Today's media controls the narrative. They can make you believe whatever they want. And you know what? We do it. You know why? Because we're sheep. We're natural followers. Right? And if we see a, someone in a position of authority, it's natural for us to follow them and don't ask questions. People... Always ask questions. The Bereans in the Bible were just, 
The Bereans were great because they always asked questions. They questioned everything, right? And they were lifted up for that. Be a Berean, question everything. Question me, question your pastor, question your government, question everybody until you get an answer that makes sense. A lot of stuff in this world today doesn't make sense. So she would use the cold read to do things like this. I found it interesting that she, uh, over the years, her story changed. First it was, well, I was vacuuming my living room. See, I know this because when I was like in first grade, my mother would drag us down there. There was a consignment shop and you had a little room in the back and you'd go in there and hurry up. I want to go home. Cartoons are on, right? I didn't care about this stuff, but my mother at the time was all in, right? And so I didn't even pay attention to her. Never never cared anything of it, just let's go home. Can I get, can I get a sucker? <laughs> Seriously. And uh, that's, the, that's the way it did. After that, she goes, well, I was vacuuming and a book fell out of the bookshelf and it came down and it was on palmistry and I got interested and I found out I had the gift. That ain't going to draw people. Then she got struck by lightning years later. And now, here's where it gets interesting. Later on, it became, I listened to my angels. I don't doubt her. Because think about this. She could be doing a reading, right? She could be doing a reading, gauging your temperament, right? Telling you what you want to hear. What if one of her angels said, there's going to be a sickness in their house within the next three weeks? I'm so sorry I have to tell you this. There's going to be a sickness in your house in the next three weeks. She might have gotten 20 things wrong, but if they get that one thing right, they got you. She got you, right? She can help. This stuff happens. Stay away from those people. Stay away, right? Here's one for you, for those of you who are seasoned like me. Remember the amazing Kreskin? Remember him? And he had a television show on when I was a kid. He was amazing. And he was a mentalist. And he could read your mind and all this stuff. He used to do this trick. It's a trick. Where, I don't know if you remember this, to promote his show and all this stuff, he would come to town and they would hide a key. Right? They would hide a golden key somewhere downtown. And he would surround himself with a group of 15, 20 people. Right? which had been with him throughout the day, and he would find that key every time, no matter where it is. He'd walk right to it because, do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do, right? Nah. You know why he had 20 people around him? He's following the sanguine because a sanguine can't keep a secret. And the sanguine will walk right to it, and he'll just follow him and go pick up the key. Wow! <laughs> right? We're sheep. We all go, wow, he's amazing, right? He's not amazing. He's just studied the human mind and the human condition, and he knows exactly what the human mind will do, the average human mind, in the, a certain situation, right? Sorcery is one that I know I was guilty of. You know, what's the... What's the different? What's the what's the big deal with that? 
It's the most prevalent of all the things that God finds detestable. Um, it's easy. It leaves you open, right? It's like opening a door. The Bible says, be sober, be vigilant. Why? Because your adversary, the devil, prowls like a roaming, roaming, roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Be sober. Do not leave your mind open to anything, right? And smart people don't do that. Why do you think they call it dope? Because it makes you stupid and it does stupid things, right? S-T-O-O-P-I-D, stupid, right? Walk away from it. I can't. You can be an overcomer, just like we sang today. You know, the only person that's stopping you for, from overcoming any foothold, and we're going to talk about that in a minute, that the enemy throws your way, you. <laughs> You're the obstacle. There's nobody stopping you from doing anything. We can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Amen? You believe it? Prove it. Well, that did hurt. Well, I've had to do that. I've had to do that, right? And we get to that point in our life where we've had enough and tired of being sick and tired, we do it. We do it. I'm living proof. I can do it. You can do it. Anybody can do it. So we open these doors. Another, here's one that, charming. I can tell you right now, people, I'm going to keep you a little over, but you've got to do it. Charming. Charms. Charm bracelet. Right? I get a call one night, about 9.30 at night. Well, I got a text first. Can I call you emergency? Yeah. <laughs> you know? No, don't call. <laughs> you had a call. Uh, I, I'm in trouble. Well, what? There's something in my house. Go on. So I'm not going to interrupt you. Tell, tell your story. Well, I can't explain it, and I don't know what's going on, but there's something evil in my house. And, I, and she said, it was a girl, said, uh, well, there's this black cloud. It's forming in the corner of my, my room. I'm, I'm in it with it right now. And I don't know what to do. And I said, well, let me ask the first thing. You haven't been drinking any drugs. You got to ask. You haven't been drinking any drugs. No! What do I do? I said, well, you're a believer commanded to go in the name of Jesus and not return. She goes, I've been doing that. Hmm. Here's where the Holy Spirit comes into your life, people. This is where you have to discern things. Bring anything into your house new that, well, the only thing I can think of is this charm that I bought online. Really? She goes, yeah. She goes, I just opened it a little while ago. I said, get rid of that thing. And I said, do it now. She, it must have been, she put the phone down. I didn't, <laughs> gone, hello, hello? <laughs> right. If you shake it, they answer, hello? <laughs> right? <laughs> no. Gets back on. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's gone. What's gone? She goes, I took that thing, and I went outside, and I threw it as far as I could. And when I came back in the house, it was gone. I said, well, that's good. I said, what kind of a thing did you buy, and how in the world? I said, that thing had a demon attached to it. She said, well, I got it from this website. So I looked at it. 
it's a new age thing. I'm like, don't ever meddle with stuff like that, right? Can that happen? Yeah, it can happen. Demons can be attached. Yeah, it can happen, right? You open the door, you went to the website that promotes this stuff, and you bought it. You just open the door wide. And that's what you get, right? Um, Matthew 10, verses 1 through 20, is a section that talks about um, Jesus calling the 12 disciples. And we're going to start at verse 5. These 12 Jesus sent out with the following instructions. Do not go among the Gentiles or any, any town or the Samaritans. Why? You're supposed to preach the, the gospel to, first to the Jew, then to the Gentile. So it's not time for them yet. Go rather to the lost sheep of Israel. As you go, preach this message. The kingdom of heaven is near. Heal the sick. Raise the dead. Cleanse those who have, been, who have leprosy. Drive out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. Do not take along any gold or silver, silver or copper in your belts. Take no bag for the journey or extra tunic or sandals or a staff, for the worker is worth his keep. Whatever town or village you enter, search for some worthy person there and stay at this, his house until you leave. As you enter the home, give it your greeting. If the home is deserving, let your peace rest on it. If it's not, let your peace return to you. If anyone will not welcome you or listen to your words, shake the dust off your feet when you leave that home or town. I tell you the truth. It will be more bearable for Sodom and Gomorrah on the, on the day of judgment than for that town. I am sending you out like sheep among wolves. Therefore, be shrewd as snakes and innocent as doves. Be on your guard against two demons. Be on your guard against men. They will hand you over to the local councils and flog you in their synagogues. On my account, you will be brought before governors and kings as witnesses to them and to the Gentiles. But when they arrest you, don't worry about what to say or how to say it. At that time, you will be given what to say. For it will not be you speaking, but the spirit of your father speaking through you. So you may go right into the tempest. Right? I will be there. In the, your lowest of lows, in your times of greatest trouble, God is there. Never forget that. Never forget that, because it's absolutely true. So let's get a few questions out of the way so we can get down to the spiritual warfare end of this. Have you ever had encounters with demons? Yes. Have you ever witnessed the manipulation of the natural world by supernatural means? Which means, have I seen things physically move and all that stuff like you do on TV? Yes. Do you believe in ghosts? No. Can non-Christians be possessed by demons? Yes. Can both Christians and non-Christians become oppressed or infested with demons? This is where I'm going to lose some of you. Yes, they can. We've seen it. Um, it can happen on different levels, one level. I worked at the Civic Center, and I met, in my job, I met uh, lots of celebrities. Right? We had, this is in the heyday of Arena Rock. We were doing probably four or five major shows a month, in, in the, and that's when I was employed there. 
So I would, my job was to help the band in any way I could personally, sometimes giving rides back and forth to the hotel, sometimes hanging out with them, sometimes just running errands. That's what I did. That was my title, the runner, right? But that was farmed out to them. So I worked for them, right, every day, not an employee from the Civic Center just for that one day. So there's only one person that I always thought, man, I want to meet that guy because of all the stuff you hear, right? And that was Ozzy Osbourne. Is that guy like the Prince of Darkness, right? Bit the head of a bat on stage. Got rabies, right? And I want to meet that guy, right? And so sure enough, all through the day, I'm busy. They got me going. I'm just doing stuff all day. Sound check. You go on, they got to go to sound check. A lot of times I'm always there. Nope. Craig, we need you to do this. Oh, I'm going to miss it. Missed it. So there's my, there's my chance. Didn't see the guy the whole day. About 10 minutes before the show, we have a production meeting, right? He goes, hey, Craig, I need you at five till in the, in the production office. Okay. I go in there. It's the production manager, and there he's sitting. The Prince of Darkness. This is what I see. I see a man who was in, at the time, was in his 40s. He's sitting there, and he's shaking like this. He's got his head down. What? And the guy goes, oh, Ozzy. He goes, I want you to meet Craig. He's been helping us out today, doing a good job. And he looked up, and he said, oh, nice to meet you, man. And that was my encounter with the Prince of Darkness, right? That was it. But here is this feeble, little frail man, right? And I just, I couldn't get the shaking out of my head, right? I'm like, really? So he, he walks with this shuffle. It's a weird thing, but he kind of shuffles and he walks and he, like this. Sorry, Facebook. <laughs> he walks like this, right? That's the guy? A lot of times I got to watch the show, right? So... Here's some theater. Uh, this is a stage, right? Take a pencil, backstage, the front of the stage, right? Pencil rolls down, downstage right, downstage left, upstage left, upstage right, okay? I'm downstage right, and I'm watching. I don't know what the song was. I don't remember, but I do remember this vividly. He jumped off of this thing, and his trembly little frail man is prowling on this stage like a panther. He's not shaking, he's not moving, and his eyes were something I hadn't seen before. And at that time, it took a lot to shake me up, believe me. And I'm like, what is that? Is anybody seeing this? Anybody seeing this? I'm not a believer at this point in my life. And I'm like, I remember distinctly in my head saying, that is not the guy I just met. Right? A&E ran a show on him and on the uh, biography channel. And they, sh they have this account where Ozzy's, she says he's all, his wife says he's all whacked out on drugs. And he comes into the room and he says... We have decided you must die. And he starts strangling her. And the only thing that saved her life was, you're rich, you got panic buttons all over the place. She reaches under the table that was next to the thing, hits the panic button, the police come and arrest him. We have decided you must die. 
Nobody links this to demons. You know what she said? Here we go. I looked at him, and it was not him. Preach it, sister. That's the same thing I said, right? But nobody links it. I don't know what weird drug cocktail he was whacked out on. It was more than that, right? And he's still out there. (laughs) He's still out there doing it in his 70s. In his 70s, right? And, uh, you know, you got to wonder about these things. That's one level. Here's another level. This happened early on uh, with us. Youth group, occasionally, Shane's got a few ministers too now that are involved in witchcraft. And uh, one of our girls was involved in witchcraft after long, long conversations. Uh, She accepts Christ, right? I told her, I said, you know, you can't go back to this. Once you're in, you're in, right? You have to surrender your life to Christ. Surrender means all of it. I understand. I understand. I'm done with it. Well, her mom was a witch. Their family was full of witchcraft. So uh, I remember when uh, Dave was up here and he said, one of our kids in the youth group accepted Christ. This She was in the back and she stands up and says, it was me. It was me. You know, I accepted Christ. Pretty cool, right? So she gets away from us. And we didn't see her for a while. She comes in with this boyfriend who had, it's, he must have been in it because he had overtly satanic tattoos. You know, upside down crosses. He had runage. He had all, it was on his skin, not wearing a t-shirt, right? Like, so you're all in, yeah. Different air about her now. We're upstairs in the youth room. She goes, can I talk to you? Now, in those days, it was just Shane and I. We didn't have any girls. We had girls in our youth group. That's not good, right? You shouldn't be alone like that. So we said, well, doors open wherever we're at, you know, for counseling girls, doors open. And so, uh, happened right there. used to be the library. Now it's nothing. But we were right there, doors open, light on. That blind that's on there pulled that bad boy up, right? So while I'm upstairs, while Shane's upstairs playing a game with the kids, I'm down here, I said, okay, uh, what's the problem? Well, she started to talk, and then she left me. And something else started speaking to me. And I remember she looked at me, and she put her hands up, and she started to curse me, right? It wasn't her doing the cursing, right? It was the thing that was in her that was doing the cursing, right? And it started with like the seventh son of the seven, which there's some biblical, you'll get that in a minute too. But after that, I didn't remember any of it. Because I said, Holy Spirit, shut my ears. I don't remember one word. I never heard one word, right? Now, I was a novice at this. I could have told her to shut up and she would have. But I didn't. I'm just telling you the way it was, mistakes or not. Holy Spirit shut my ears. And I never heard any of it. And finally, you know, I got, she sat there and she started like doing this rambly thing. And I said, that's when I said, enough. I do not have to listen to this. 
this does not affect me. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Right? I want to talk to her. She comes up, the thing leaves her. And she said, I said, well, uh, you left me for a little while. She goes, yeah. I said, you know, we can help you get rid of that. Oh, no, I couldn't do that. That, and her eyes got white. She goes, that's where I get my power. So here's someone who weeks before, I am a Christian. And now she got demons. Ain't no doubt about it, people. Oh, you're mistaken. No, I'm not. Once you see it, you don't forget it, right? We're in the back hallway, and I'm talking to her because she came to church. After that, after that, demons could never sit through a sermon. Sat right there, right in front of the, <laughs> right in front of the soundboard. Right through the whole thing, never made a peep. Went in the back. I'm talking to her. <laughs> Sheen comes walking up. Now, we had talked about this. But until you see it, it just doesn't, you know what I'm saying? Just, it's a nice story. So he comes up and she's talking. All of a sudden, she's leaving us, right? She's leaving. You could see her eyes glaze over. And I saw one eye point straight down, and I saw one eye go like that. Yeah. Shane said, dude, did you see her eyes? I said, Yeah. I'm trying to tell you. <laughs> so, yeah. Question is, why didn't you cast out the demon? What did she tell me? Oh, no, I couldn't do that because that's where I get my power. Right? Um, Luke 7. I'm going to go way over. It's all right. I've got to get it all in. This is my, this is my chance. Uh, let's see. Mm -hmm. Of course, that's not it. Well, I have the wrong, I have the wrong reference, but it's, uh, it has to do with this. The demon goes out. It's the story that you're familiar of. The demon goes out after being cast out, and it comes out back to find the house swept clean. What does that mean? So let's say, I wouldn't do this by myself. You have to have more than one. But uh, we cast out the demons. It's all well and good. We have the authority to do that. We sang about that. Every one of you does if you're a believer, right? Every one of you, right? They have to listen to you, right? We could have done that. I couldn't do that. So now she's vacant, right? The house is swept clean. Seven more come as more, even more powerful and take residence, and she's in worse shape than before, right? You can't do it for somebody. So when you see these hokey preachers up here casting demons out with their coat, that is a show. That is a show for cash. That ain't real. That ain't Bible. Uh, Shane talked about it earlier, right? You have to be the one to submit. Submit who? Submit yourselves 
to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. You have to do it. I can't do it for you. That's where the battle lies. I have to speak to you and capture your heart for the cause of Christ while a demon's trying to do everything in its power to stop you. Right? That's the battle. Do you know every one of you goes through a battle every day? Every day. You are a triune being. Did you know that? Flesh, spirit, and soul. Right? So can a demon infiltrate your soul or your spirit? Well, of course not. How about your flesh that wars within you every day? And who lets it? We do. We do. Perfect example right there. I still pray for that kid to this day. Because after that, we lost track of her. Never saw her again. Which is the way it often works. Brings you to our story. We, uh, several years ago, helped someone who was deeply involved in the occult. Okay? So you can get some demonic activity into your life because they use that as a distraction. I'll give you a few examples. Sometimes they mess up. In this case, they messed up big time, too. Uh, I am talking to my daughter whose room is a pigsty. It was always a pigsty. And so I'm talking to her, I'm saying, hey, you need to clean up your room. In our house, if it's not picked up, it goes in the penalty box. It's been, I'll wait patiently. It's a catchy tune. There we go. So uh, that's quite all right, man. So uh, I'm talking to her. There's a door to our bedroom on the left. It's shut. Jeanette's in there. I know she's in there. I saw her go in there, right? As I'm talking to her, I see the doorknob going. She's stuck in there. The door's stuck, right? And so as I'm talking to Kristen, I got my hand right here. And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to let you out. All right, haven't made my point with you. Good, clean it up. All right. As I, right before I touched the knob, the knob went still. I opened the door, and there's Jeanette in the rocking chair breastfeeding our son. Did you know? No, I thought it was you. It wasn't me. I thought it was you. It wasn't me. We're in our house one night and uh, with a friend of ours, and we're talking, and this subject came up, and as soon as it did, we heard. I'll just say it, the roar of a lion. And it was in our house, and it was loud. <laughs> loud. <laughs> like that. I can't do it. But it's that deep, you know? If you hear a roar of a lion, it would, you'd feel it in your chest. It was like that. And I don't know of it. I never heard no possum do that, right? Or a raccoon or, <laughs> or a dog or anything. And it's, it's in our house. And so, marginal believer at best said, Stop right here. What did you hear? And she said, I heard a deep demonic growl. You need to get your pastor involved. Yep. <laughs> and we did. So our pastor came to our house. Great guy. 
Bill Mueller, the guy that married us. You know, and he, he told me a story about a lady who, she'd come in front of the church every Sunday, and she's wandering back and forth, just wandering back and forth. He goes, so one day, he goes, I just went out and talked to her and said, hey, you know, you're welcome to come in. And no, 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 I can't do that. But you can come to my house. Hmm, okay. He goes, so I went for a visit. He goes, took somebody there. He goes, so I'm sitting on her sofa, and she, I'm noticing all this occult paraphernalia all over the walls, artwork. And she said, he said, um, she goes, I'll, I'll go in and fix us some, uh, something to drink. How about some iced tea? And he goes, oh, that'd be great. He goes, and as I'm sitting there, I'm looking at this. He goes, I feel a hand come up and grab my throat and pull my head back to the top of the couch and hold me there. And he goes, uh, so, of course, I called out to Jesus, right? And the thing left me. He goes, but that happened. He goes, so, so you go, I understand how these things go. And so he taught me a few things, and we walked through a house. And, uh, you know, and prayed. He didn't there because, oh, no, I could never do that. I could never accept Christ because of my power. See, Satan will blind you with that and totally wreck and ruin your life, right? Um, Ephesians. This is where we're going to get the rubber meets the road, and I hope to make some sense out of all this stuff. Uh, Ephesians, by the way, if you try this stuff, <laughs> and you do not have Jesus in your heart, and you do not have that close relationship with him, look up the story of the sons of Sceva in Acts 19 and see what happened to them, right? They got beaten up badly. One person beat up several of them. And they were, quote-unquote, uh, holy people, right? They were sons of a Pharisee. And they ran into some trouble because they tried to cast out Demons in the name of the one who Paul talks about. And the demon says, well, I know Jesus, and I know Paul, but I don't know you. Right? And they get the stew beat out of them. Ephesians 4, verses 17 through 27. So I tell you this, and insist on it in the Lord, that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do, in the futility of their thinking. As they are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God, here we go, because of the ignorance, right? It's what, we, it's what they don't know that hurts them. Because of the ignorance that is in them due to who? The hardening of their hearts. We can make ourselves ignorant. We're good at it. We're sheep. Okay? Having lost all sensitivity... They have given themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity with a continual lust for more. Because that's what we do. Do what thou wilt, right? Say unto thy own self, I'm my own redeemer. I do what I want. I do when I want. I do what I want. As long as I'm not hurting anybody or killing anybody. right? You, however, did not come to know Christ that way. Surely you heard of him or were taught uh, in him in a, with accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. You are taught with regard to your former way of self to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds, and to put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to his neighbor, for are, we are all members of one body. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you're still angry, and do not give the devil a foothold. 
Who's he speaking to here? Ephesus 1.1. To the saints in Ephesus, the faithful in Christ Jesus. Now, if it wasn't possible for the devil to get a foothold in your flesh, why, was it, why is it in here? Because it's possible. And that's why we have the warnings throughout the Bible. Don't do this. Don't do that. Don't do this. Don't do that. Confess your sins daily to me. You have a sin nature. That's your flesh. You love it. I get it. Right? But you can be overcomers. And that's the sign of a true Christian. You can be an overcomer. Right? How do we do it? By putting your faith and hope in the Lord Jesus Christ who gave his life so you could live. Not just an abundant life here, but for eternity. Or there's the alternative. You can do it your way in a place that's nothing but darkness and constant torment for eternity. People, how long is eternity? We, we can't even fathom how eternity, how long eternity is. Right? It's a clear choice. You know, I ain't hearing that. Here's something about sheep. Sheep will listen to the, the shepherd's voice, and they know it. So when the shepherd says, yep, yep, here they'll come. If they hear that, they know that means these certain sounds come into the corral. They'll come. If I go in there and say, hey, sheep, go in the corral, they'll look at you like you're crazy and they'll just stay there. They won't listen to me, right? So maybe sheep aren't as stupid. Here's where they get the bad rap. God knows us, and he, that's why he called his disciples sheep. That's why he calls us sheep. If the shepherd isn't there, and the sheep are left to their own devices, and they don't know darn good and well they're supposed to go in that corral at a certain amount of time, ooh, there's good grass over there. Ooh, there's a wolf. I want the grass. They'll go over there. The others will follow. Sheep are natural born followers. And we were meant to follow our creator. And we can. He's right there. But we like that grass. Sinful nature, the flesh. And that's where the devil can get a foothold. Right? Sometimes a very strong foothold that becomes a stronghold. Foothold is an attachment that allows you to get firm, a firm standing so you can advance the climb. And that's what demons do. If they can get a foothold into your life, they can control you because you let them. We are all, well, we're all on this planet together. And the Bible says Satan is the god of this world. For a reason. What does that look like when you walk away and you accept Christ and you put off the old man? He who has been stealing must steal no longer, but must work, doing something useful with his own hands, that he may have something to share with those in need. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling, and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. Be imitators of God, therefore, as dearly loved children, and live a life of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. But among you there must not be even a hint of sexual immorality, of any kind of impurity or greed, because these are, not imp are improper for God's holy people. Nor should there be obscenity, foolish talk, or coarse joking, which are out of place, but rather thanksgiving. 
For of this you can be sure, no immoral, impure, or greedy person, such a man as an idolater, has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Let no one deceive you with empty words, and for because of such things God's wrath comes on those who are disobedient. Therefore, do not be partners with them. Bold. Therefore, do not be partners with them. If the church would stop being business partners with those who promote legislations that the Lord finds detestable, we wouldn't be in the situation this country's in right now, period. But here we are. Well, God says don't partner with those people. But we do it every day. I want my social security. They promised me that, I gotta take this. Well, guess what, people? God created Adam and Eve. He told them, their reason, be fruitful and multiply. If you're confused on that and you can't do that, guess what, Satan won. Who let him? Think about that. It's awful quiet in here. Think about that. Think deeply about that. And think about the people that are suffering because we vote our paycheck every stinking election. And they're suffering. And they're confused. People, who's confusing them? God didn't create them like that. They're made like that. And you know what? Because of our vote, they're going to start teaching your kids in kindergarten that that's the way to go. Consequences. God is not the God of the Democrat or the Republican. God is the God of right and wrong. And it's he who determines right and wrong. Right? We do good to heed him. Because look how it's going when we're not. I'll tell you right now. If the church would just do that, right? What would God do? God says, come near to me and I will come near to you. Forsake your ways, I'll come near to you. Says it throughout scripture. Right? Says it at the back end of James 4 verses 7, where he talks about submitting to God, submit yourselves therefore to God, right? The enemy can seem pretty intimidating, right? In our lives, we come in and we have, we do ourselves, right? Uh, Tony Evans, the pastor, puts it like this, very good illustration. We are all under spiritual warfare every day. We have an umbrella. It's the Holy Spirit. It protects us from the rain, Guess who holds the latch that shuts the, <laughs> shuts the umbrella? You do. That's the freedom we have in Christ. God is not going to say, love me. Love me. Right? He gives you the control because this ain't love. Right? This is love. And God holds his hands out to us all the time, every day. You have the choice. You can run to him or run past him, no matter what life throws at you, no matter what life throws at you. We can be overcomers by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. 
give you a illustration you'll never forget, especially if you get into intense spiritual warfare situations, right? Uh, if you're in there, like, the, the enemy can look pretty intimidating, and you're looking, and he's bigger than you, he's stronger than you, he's smarter than you, he knows everything. The Bible says Satan is everything but God, right? can be very intimidating. And if you look in his face, he'll, ru- he'll ruin your life. Right? However, if you turn your eyes upon Jesus, who is bigger than all outdoors, and makes Satan look like this, who's already the victor and has stomped his head in Genesis, right? He's already won. If you stop looking at him and look in the eyes of Jesus with confidence... You can look the enemy in the eye and say, why don't you turn around? Why don't you turn around? And we can all do this. And if we did this, things would be a whole lot better, right? Pray and read your Bible, people. Our pastor preaches that. Pray and read your Bible. It's your best defense, right? Look up Ephesians chapter 6. That's, we've... That's why I didn't include it, because it's always included with with, uh, sermons on spiritual warfare. Ephesians 6, look it up. This is how you prepare, right? Just for when you see a demon? No, every day. Every day, right? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I could have gone on for hours and hours and hours, and some people say, no, it feels like you just did. But... We, we have to talk about these things. These, these things happen. There are consequences for bad behavior. And there are rewards in heaven for us uh, if we do what is good and pleasing to God. Lord, help us to accomplish your will in this church. Lord, reign in our hearts. We got to want it. Lord, create that desire in us that will want to do that and help us to see the error of our ways. Bless us in the things that we do for you. Uh, we know these are our are, are, are pleasing aromas, the Bible says, along with our prayers, our spiritual act of worship. Help us to focus on you and all of the things, all the other problems, all the other uh, things the enemy throws in our way. Just fade away. Fade away and there's no power. We take the power away. There is power in the name of Jesus. Help us to remember that. And Lord, help us to remember that every second of every day so we don't forget that you, if we are a believer, are the Lord of our life. If there are those out there who do not know Jesus, I strongly encourage you to consider it. Um, if, If today is your day, then you can pray a prayer and make it your own, just like this. Heavenly Father, forgive me for I have sinned. I have gone far from you. I have done life my way, and I have not done life your way. I understand the error of my ways, and I ask you now to come be the Lord of my life. Come into my heart and make me a new creation. You call us righteous now, and you take the unrighteousness away. And Lord, I pray that uh, uh, as you do this, you will help me to become closer to you that I can serve you the rest of my life so that one day I can reign in heaven with you and the other body of wonderful believers. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.